This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty Brown of TyTheDogGuy.com, and this is the show where we help you start or grow your pet-related, dog-related business to a healthy six figures per year or more income. And today I'm going to be talking about advertising, what advertising platforms you should use, what advertising platforms you shouldn't use, and how you should use them. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, folks. So welcome to today's show. I'm excited to talk about today's topic because... This is something that I have spent the last, I'm going to say about, oh, no, it's probably been more about five years now, five or six years spending hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point learning a skill set. It's probably the most expensive skill set that I have. I didn't spend this much learning how to be a dog trainer. I didn't spend this much learning how to do underwater basket weaving. This is probably the most expensive skill set I've learned. And, well, I should say I'm still learning because I think it's one of these things that there's a lot of subtleties and nuance, and so it's something that uh, I'm still in the process of learning. And I'm talking about advertising. And let me back up for a second and and just reiterate that this is a skill set. A lot of people think advertising is, oh, I just hire somebody, they get traffic to come to my website, I make money. And if it were that simple, everyone would be doing it and everyone would be making a lot of money. But it's not that simple. In fact, it's way more difficult than that. And I am going to talk about that today. I'm going to be talking about the different traffic platforms like Google, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. And I'm going to be talking about which of these platforms you should be using and which you shouldn't be using and how you should be using them best. Along the way, you're going to learn a lot of the lessons that I've learned over the past five, six years and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars advertising both for my business, but also for other dog-related businesses. And also other, we've created um, advertising protocols for other businesses as well. We've done solar, we've done, I'm trying to think now, but anyways, with my traffic partner, we've actually done other businesses as well outside of just dog businesses. But anyways, I've learned a lot over these past five or six years, and I'm going to share a lot of that with you. Now, before I tell you about the traffic platforms, Google, Facebook, you know, TikTok, and I know TikTok's big right now. I'm, I'm recording this. What is this? This is March of 2022. TikTok is, you know, kind of a big deal as far as social media goes. And so I'm going to, like I say, share with you what's working and what's not working. But it's important to kind of understand the foundation 
of what advertising is before jumping into these platforms. And what I mean by that is understanding, number one, that these are tools. Facebook is a tool. Google is a tool. YouTube is a tool. TikTok is a tool. These are tools. Now, for dog people, now I know we get dog trainers that listen to this, dog groomers, pet sitters, dog walkers, veterinary offices, etc. And so we get a lot that listen to this, but I think most people will at least be able to understand the analogy from the dog training perspective, right? There's always the arguments, and I'm not going to get into the arguments, but there's the arguments in the dog training world about tools, right? These trainers are saying, hey, we use e-collars and these are great tools, these trainers are saying, oh, don't use those, but I will use a slip leash. Oh, but I wouldn't do that. And people get really bogged down in talking about tools. When ultimately, what do the tools do? The tools are a means of communication. They're a means to an end. And this is important to understand because when dog trainers start thinking about tools as the end, hey, I am a, I am a clicker trainer. I am an e-collar trainer. You know, when they think of like that's their identity, they're not understanding that, hey, this is just a tool to get to an end point. And what is an end point? An end point in the dog training game is a client who's happy because their dog comes when called and doesn't chew up their stuff and walks properly. And, and now they're not embarrassed by this. And now they don't have the liability from that. That's the, that's the end that we're looking for, right? A great relationship, a happy dog, like that's the end. The tool is merely the means that helps us get there. And so most dog trainers, I believe, and most people in the dog world like understand it at this point, but still there's a lot of dog trainers that they identify themselves based on the tool. And this is kind of an important analogy when we're talking about advertising because a dog groomer, pet sitter, dog walker, dog trainer, whatever, business owner might be out there saying, hey, I need more business. Let me get somebody to run Facebook ads for me. And that might be the right thing for their business or it might not. But they're just, they're looking at it, hey, here's the end. If I just get more traffic coming to my website, I'm going to make more money. And that's not always the case. In fact, it's quite often not the case. And so the important thing, I'm going to go into several points here of things that you should be doing before you even think about investing in traffic. But before getting into these uh, one, two, three, four, these four bullet points, I want to just state and restate and reiterate that these are tools. These are tools meant to perform a function and they're not the end all, they're not the be all. You know, Facebook ads work amazingly well for us. We spent $100,000 last year alone on just our business for Facebook ads. They work wonderfully for us because of how we set up our business and because of the sales systems we have and because of this, that, and the other. They're not always gonna be the best thing for everybody. Just like, you know, a dog trainer might say, hey, you really need this e-collar to this person, but to that person, they would say, no, we don't need that e-collar. You know, the tool is the same tool, but it's the usage that dictates whether or not we're going to have success with it. Right. Does that make sense? So remember that these are tools. Don't just be saying, Hey, I just need someone to run traffic for me because all I need is traffic. No traffic is a tool. Facebook is a tool. Google is a tool. All right. So remember that they're tools. All right. Let me get into these four points here. Number one, you need something to offer. I have been keeping a little, uh, screenshot folder in my phone of ads that I see. And frankly, I don't know who the heck is out there running these ads for people, but I get served ads from dog trainers frequently. <laughs> Number one, they're never in the area where I am. I live in California. I'll get ads for dog trainers in Michigan, Florida, New Hampshire, I don't know, all over the place. And I'm wondering who the heck is, <laughs> they're using their tool wrong. Don't target me 3,000 miles away from your business. 
But any case, I'm keeping like these, these screenshots of ads that I get served because I'm just shaking my head. Like there's nothing being offered in these ads. So somebody is paying money to create an ad and get it out there to offer nothing. And you might say, well, how are they offering nothing? You know, I'm talking about ads to where they're like, hey, uh, my name is Cindy, I'm a dog trainer. And uh, and my, my biggest goal is to help people have a great relationship with their dog. Check out our website. There's no offer there. There's no offer there. There's no reason why somebody would ever click that and be like, huh, so what, Cindy? <laughs> you know, there's nothing, there's nothing special about you saying, I'm a dog trainer, I love making people happy. And yet I've seen ads just like that, and it's crazy. But you need to have something to offer. Now, this is going to vary by industry. It's going to vary by your business model. It's going to vary by a number of things. For dog trainers, a simple offer is a consult. It can be a phone consult. It can be an in-person consult. But you're offering something. Because here in a second, you're going to, you know, you're going to be asking for their contact information so that you can reach out to them. And if you're going to be getting something, you have to be giving something in return. And so a consult can be a simple thing. Now, you can also try things like what are called lead magnets. Now, a lead magnet is just something that has value that somebody might want in exchange for giving over their information. And so a lead magnet, and I'm going off the top of my head here um, because there's a million things that you could do. But like if you were a veterinary office, a lead magnet could be, hey, grab our video series on how to like safely trim your dog's nails or, you know, some first aid or how to clear your dog's anal glands at home, you know, or something like that. Like that would be a lead magnet, right? Like the offer is, hey, give us your information. We're going to provide you something of value that's going to help you in your life. You know, a lead magnet for a, you know, a pet sitter could be like, hey, let's review the main companies out there. Because isn't there a few? I don't even know. There's like WAG and there's like, I don't know, there's, there's all these apps, right? And so you could like, hey, here's a breakdown of which ones do what and, and this, that, and the other. If you're a dog trainer, it could be, hey, let me give you my PDF on how we solve dog reactivity or whatever, right? And so, so the offer could be a, a consult, the offer could be, you know, a lead magnet, or the offer could be like a discount, like, hey, you're a grooming shop, like, hey, um, get 15% uh, off a grooming membership, you know, by clicking here. Or you're a boarding kennel, like, hey, get one day free on your next vacation, you know, click here. But we have to give them a reason to do something. You know, we have to give them an offer. And like I say, too often, dog trainers, now I see this, I take screenshots of a lot of ads. It just happens to be the dog trainers that are some of the worst ones. But too often, there's no offer. There's nothing special. There's nothing different. There's nothing. And so there's really no reason for people to click on anything. And so, so anyways, bear that in mind. Your advertising has to have something to offer. Number two, it needs a call to action. So this is feeding exactly off of what I was just talking about. So if you've got something to offer, you have to tell them what to do in order to get that thing. Click this button to see how we're doing this for dog owners in your area. Click this button to get 15% off right now. Click this button to get this free report. Whatever the case might be, business owners often think, oh, it's, it's implied, right? They know what to do. And, you know, I'm sure people do know what to do. And there's been plenty of studies on these, and I, I don't have them in front of me or anything like that. But including a call to action versus not, you will get way more people to take you up on your offer if you have a call to action. And so, so anyways, make sure that there's a call to action in your marketing. So like I say, I'm talking about anything. We haven't even got to the platforms yet. Facebook, TikTok, Google, YouTube. I'm talking about before you're ready to, to advertise on any of these sites, 
you need to have these ducks in a row. You need to have something to offer and you need to have a call to action. Number three, that call to action needs to go towards some sort of, how do I put it? Some sort of software slash tool slash ability for you to collect leads and do something with it. Now, overall, you know, the term used more often than not is a funnel, right? A funnel meaning like they click, they go to a landing page. On that landing page, they can do something. They can click to call you. They can enter their information. And now in that information, there is an autoresponder or there's some software behind the scenes that gathers their information and does something with it. That something could be, you know, to automatically email them stuff or text them stuff or notify you that you should be reaching out to them or whatever the case might be. But you need some sort of funnel that actually does something, right? Too many people are sending traffic to their homepage. Now, I'm not saying that's the worst thing in the world. I know businesses can run doing that. But more often than not, sending people to the homepage just gets them distracted. And they start going over here and they start going over there rather than to a landing page or a funnel. A landing page gives you one option. Do this thing or don't. I guess that's two options. <laughs> but gives you one choice to do a thing or to not do a thing. And that's the only choice that you have. Enter your information or don't, or get this 15% off coupon or don't, or grab this free report or don't, whatever the case might be. The landing page is well-designed is going to make it much more likely that somebody actually takes an action versus doing nothing. Because most of the time, if you're sending traffic to your website, people will do nothing. And therefore you've spent money to get somebody to your website and they didn't do anything. So you need some sort of funnel here that ideally has some automation built in so that when people create an action, things happen on their end, they're getting information from you. Things happen on your end, you're being notified, you know, or you're being, I was gonna say compelled, compelled isn't the right, reminded to complete an action, give them a call, give them an email, something like that. But like I say, you need to have an offer, you need to have a call to action, and then ideally you need to have a funnel. And like I say, a funnel is a combination of, of copywriting on web pages combined with automation tools and things like that. And then finally, you need to have a follow-up process. So again, I'm talking about the things that you should have in line before you give that credit card to Facebook or Google or TikTok. You need these things you know, in place before. So have a follow-up process. I see this a lot in the dog training world. I'm sure this is uh, prevalent in other dog industries as well with groomers, pet sitters. You know, I see uh, frequently, I've seen this topic come up on dog trainer message boards. That's not a message board, uh, Facebook groups, you know, where people say, how often, you know, how many times do you follow up with somebody? If they've reached out to you, how many times do you follow up to try to get back in touch with them? And frequently, more than anything, what I hear people say is, I'll follow up once and that's it. If they're interested, they'll call back. And they're right. If people are interested, they'll call back. But people make a really fatal mistake that costs them an enormous amount of money in thinking that your service is the most important thing in their life right now, which it sometimes is, but it most of the time is not. And so, you know, if you're selling dog grooming, they want it, but they also have to take the kids to school and they've got to go to job, you know, to their work. And then they've got like uh, their volunteer group on, on Thursday evenings. And then they've got, uh, you know, basketball Saturday morning you know, they've got a bunch of stuff. And so they might be a perfect client. So too often dog business owners are like, oh, they wouldn't be a good client anyways if they don't call back, which is absolute garbage. Oh, I don't want to chase people. Okay, well, don't get some software that chases them then. But the point here is that if you are not following up, you are leaving money on the table and you are not saving yourself from bad clients by not following up. 
Like I say, people think like, oh, if you have to follow up, they're not really committed. That's garbage. Like whether or not somebody calls you back swiftly and speedily after you have reached out to them is no indication of whether or not they're going to be a good client. They've got a million things going on in their life. Their dog is just one of those things. And so you need a follow-up process. Ideally, like I say, I like a lot of automation. That's something we help dog business owners do is, you know, install automation, that text, that emails, that, you know, checks in and stuff like that. And so whether it's automated or manual or a combo of both, you need something in there because you're paying for people to come to your site, which means you're paying for leads. And if you're not following up with those leads, you're just leaving money on the table. You're not going to be able to afford to advertise if you're not optimizing and maximizing every lead that comes in. So give me a quick second. I'm going to take a break, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about which platforms you should be using. So hold on one second. Molly, here's your dinner. Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back. And so I'm talking about advertising, right? And I'm talking about the things that need to happen before you even advertise. The first thing I mentioned was more of a mindset thing. Make sure that you recognize that advertising is a tool. Facebook is a tool. YouTube is a tool. It's not the end. It's not how you define your business. It's not how you define your process. It's a tool. And then number one, you need to have an offer. Number two, you need to have a call to action. Number three, you need to have some sort of funnel. And then number four, you need to have a follow-up process. These are the things that you should have in place Now, bear in mind, they don't need to be perfect because as you start getting traffic to your funnel, you'll start to find holes in what you do. You'll find problems and mistakes and you can fix stuff. So don't shoot for perfection, shoot for good, and you'll turn that into great later. But those are the things that you should have in place before you decide to spend a dime with an advertiser, with an advertising platform, okay? All right, so let's talk platforms. And... uh, There's four main, well, eh, there's probably a couple others, but there's four main that I see most people use, and we've had success with all four. We use some more than others, and I'm explaining why we do. And again, they're tools, so it's not to say that you should use some more than others, but I'm going to kind of go into the ups and downs and the goods and the bads about all of them. All right, so let me talk about, and I'm going to lump them together. I'm going to lump two and two together. So Google and YouTube, I'm going to lump together, not just because they are the same company, Both of them are owned by Alphabet, but uh, because they are a similar process for advertising. So both Google and YouTube have what we, you know, what would be called intent-based search, right? And so intent-based search means people are out there in the area typing in dog groomer, Charlotte, North Carolina, or dog walker, Chicago, Illinois, 
or dog trainer Casper Wyoming or whatever, right? So there is some intent behind what they're doing, correct? They are actively looking for something to do with that, you know, with dogs, with dog training, with dog grooming, with pet sitting, dog walking, whatever. So there's an intent-based search. And so what happens is with both Google and YouTube, we can take that intent and we can put our ads in front of people who have that intent. Now with YouTube, you can go further, right? So with YouTube, you can put your ads on videos that you like. You know, maybe there's a dog training video out there that you like that accepts ads. You could put your video on that on that ad to whoever in your hometown who watches that video, you can put your ad on that video so that people can see it. So you can you can get that granular or you can do like interest-based stuff, you know, people who have interest in dogs and stuff like that. But yeah, a big part of what Google and YouTube have is this intent-based search where people are already looking for something. And so what that means is leads that come from Google and YouTube are often more qualified because they're people that are already in the mode of searching for something. They are problem aware and or solution aware. And so what I mean by that is many people are walking around, not even problem aware. You know, their dog, let's take the case of a groomer, their dog is all matted up. They've got a doodle, for example, and they just, they don't realize that's a thing. They just think, oh, this is what dog fur is like. They're not problem aware. They have no clue, you know, that they should be doing anything about this. But the next step up is problem aware, like, oh, I don't like this. I need to fix this. And now solution aware is somebody who's like, I need to fix this by hiring a groomer. And so with intent-based search, not only are people problem aware, but they're often, not always, they're often solution aware. And so when I say not always, let's take dog training, for example. Somebody might have a dog with anxiety. And so they might just be typing in dog, how to fix dog anxiety. And so they're problem aware because they realize that their dog is anxious, but they're not solution aware. They're not saying like, I should have this type of dog trainer to help me. And so they're kind of open. They're, you know, and they're probably going to be looking at thunder shirts and they're going to be looking at medication and they're going to be looking at training. And so they're not quite solution aware yet. They're shifting from problem aware to solution aware as they go. But, you know, they're they're kind of in limbo, right? They're not quite solution aware at that point. But they are problem aware, which, you know, makes them at least somewhere in in the mode of potentially buying a solution. And so that is the big advantage between Google. That is a big advantage. There's multiple. Another big advantage that Google and YouTube have is they have an enormous amount of traffic. And so Google and YouTube own search. If I recall, I haven't seen these numbers for years, but I think it's the same. Like Google is the number one search engine and YouTube is the number two search engine. So when people are searching for stuff, these guys own it. And so there is a lot of traffic that comes through of people looking for solutions to problems who are problem aware and or solution aware. Um, another advantage is it's, it can be fairly steady. You know, if uh, you start to realize you can find stats and you can find out how much traffic is out there. And so it can be a pretty steady lead source, you know, to where it's, yeah, it's going to fluctuate, but not like by massive leaps and jumps and stuff like that. And so, so those are some of the big advantages. Now, disadvantages is, well, are, that it's more expensive. I'm going to, well, and right now it's more expensive versus what? I'm going to talk about, you know, Facebook and TikTok here in a second. But because the leads are more intent-based, advertisers want them more, and therefore Google knows that they can charge a premium. And so the amount that you're going to pay for a lead on Google or YouTube will typically be a good amount more, Google especially, than what you're going to pay on Facebook or TikTok. 
And so you're probably going to, like I say, you're probably going to pay a bunch more. Now, your chances of closing that lead are probably higher in most cases, but you know, you are going to pay more for it. And so if you don't have good systems built out, like if you don't have a good sales process and stuff, you can lose your shirt pretty darn quick with Google ads, which is one of the reasons why I typically recommend people get started with Facebook, but I'll talk about that more here in a second. And, you know, a downside to Google and YouTube is it's complex. And now some people are going to hear that and say, I advertise on Google and YouTube. It's not complex. Well, good for you. You're a smart person. I am not a smart person when it comes to Google and YouTube and like the back end of, so I actually have to hire a person. We've got somebody in our team that does that, but it is kind of hard to do on your own. And most of the time you are better off hiring somebody to do it, or you could spend thousands and thousands and months and months learning it. And either is a viable way, but, uh, but it is somewhat complex. So who should be using these? Number one, if you've got like a big ticket purchase, Google and YouTube are something to really consider. If you're advertising for like group classes for your dog, you know, their $200 group classes, I don't know that you want to use Google. You know, you might be paying five bucks a click, you know, and if you're charging 200 bucks, well, you might pay five bucks to get a click. You might even pay more, but let's say five bucks to get a click. And it might take 20 clicks for somebody to actually say, yeah, I want those group classes. And so now you just paid a hundred bucks to make 200 bucks. Eh, not necessarily the best move there. And so if you've got low ticket items, you may not want to do this. And so now that could be different if there is some, uh, continuity built in. So for example, if you're a groomer, well, you might only be charging 60 bucks for whatever, but if they're coming back every three to four weeks for that 60 bucks, well, over the course of a year, they're worth 720 bucks, for example, or maybe 800 bucks or something like that. And, and you're also selling them shampoos and you're also like upselling them from time to time. And you're doing that extra groom right before Thanksgiving and whatever. And so, yeah, you might be a low ticket, but if you can float the advertising money, yeah, maybe you do spend a hundred bucks to get a client. And so you don't make anything that first month, but by second month, you're starting to make a little third month, you know, everything is now profit at that point assuming you can keep a client. And so, yeah, you can do low ticket if you've got continuity built into your system. You know, if you also might want to consider it like dog boarding kennels, um, especially around holidays, you know, where you can charge a premium for something and, and you could make, you know, you could be making several thousand dollars a day, you know, putting a hundred, 200 bucks a day into some Google ads for, you know, a, a couple weeks coming up into, uh, you know, a busy boarding season. If you aren't one that typically books out, you know, that might be something to consider. So for Google ads, YouTube ads, they can be super effective. And which one to use, Google or YouTube? I've used both. I prefer YouTube because I feel like the lead is that much better. Now, this is just me. I have a little bit of data to suggest this. There was a time that we were doing many thousands a month on Google and we were able to do, oh, about half of that spend on YouTube and get about the same results. And I think, I don't have any way of really knowing this. I think it was because they saw a video of me, you know, and it made it more personal. And I was the video like, hey, you know, what if I told you Utah dog owners that you could blah, 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 blah. And so they got to know me a little bit and it was a little bit more powerful because of the video component. And so I personally prefer YouTube a little bit more than Google, but, uh, but that's just me. So let's talk Facebook and TikTok. Now, Facebook is my bread and butter. Like I said earlier, we spent $100,000 last year alone on our business, and that returned a couple million dollars worth of training from our Facebook ads. And so I am a big fan of Facebook. And I typically recommend if people haven't advertised before, 
and even if they have maybe, but if they haven't advertised before, especially, I like Facebook because they're a little bit cheaper. The ads are cheaper. They're easier to get. There's even more variety in how you can get them. You can do messenger ads. You can do lead ads. You can do ads, you know, sending traffic to a landing page, stuff like that. But the leads are plentiful and they're fairly cheap. And so if you're learning how to advertise through an expensive medium like Google, you could lose your shirt pretty quick. Whereas with Facebook, you can also lose your shirt, but it's more forgiving because you can spend a little bit less and you can get a whole bunch of leads and you can test your system and you can refine your system and you can hone your system so that you get it down really well. And then maybe later, you know, add some Google ads and stuff like that or some YouTube ads. But I like Facebook for starting because it's very, it's very friendly to people who don't have all their systems set up yet that you're not going to lose your shirt, you know. For example, with Google ads, you might need to spend $2,000 just to get any sort of real traffic, whereas you might spend 500 bucks or 1000 bucks on Facebook and get a whole bunch of leads. And again, the leads are probably not going to be as good as they would be on Google, but you get a bunch of leads, you start testing how well you can sell, you start testing your systems, you start refining and improving your systems, and you can do all that for a cheaper rate rather than you know paying through the nose for the Google stuff. Which isn't, like I say, to put down Google, it's just to say that most dog business owners aren't in a great position to advertise because they don't have these four things set up. They don't have a good offer. They don't have a call to action. They don't have a funnel and they don't have a follow-up process. And because they don't have any of that, they're more likely to throw away their money. So I say, you know, put those things in place, recognize that they're not going to be perfect and then start with Facebook ads because they're cheap, they're plentiful, they're easy to get, and it allows you to refine your process as you go. Now, and so as I'm saying all this, we have been advertising on TikTok for the past few months and we've been doing it successfully using the exact same formula that we use with Facebook. The same funnels, the same types of ads, the same types of call-outs, that type of stuff. We're doing the exact same types of stuff on TikTok and it's working really well for us. Now, like I say, the downside is there's less intent. There's more tire kickers because when somebody's getting on Facebook or getting on TikTok, they are not going on TikTok for the purpose of finding a dog trainer or a pet sitter or a dog groomer. And so when a an ad of that type comes across their, their feed, their page or their for you page or whatever, when it comes across their feed, they might not have been thinking about it. And so they might become problem aware really quick. Like, oh yeah, you know what? My dog has been a pain in the butt, but it wasn't like they were looking for it. And so on a whim, they might, you know, enter their information and now you've got a lead, but it's not the same type of lead as somebody who was on Google, you know, typing in aggressive dog trainers in uh, Miami, you know, that type of thing. That person's got some intent. The other guy in Miami who doesn't even realize that his dog's an aggressive mess and he's scrolling through Facebook and here's somebody with a, an ad is like, oh, you know what? I could probably use this. So again, the intent is so much different. And so that, however, is the reason why I like Facebook ads. Would it be nice if the intent was a little bit stronger? Sure. But the value that I find in Facebook ads and why I use them more than Google or YouTube ads is because the leads are chenniful. <laughs> I was going to say chenniful and pleep. Plentiful and cheap and because we've got really good automation systems, those leads go into an automation system. We don't have to think about them very much because the leads are worked automatically. And the most interested people then kind of float to the top and they book phone calls or they book evaluations with us. And now we're in a position where, yeah, we got a bunch of junk leads of people who weren't that interested, but we never had to do anything with it. And so we got the most interested people to kind of raise their hand and say, yeah, you know what? I think I am interested in what you've got to say. Let's talk some more. And so... 
to me, I like that better because a nurture and educate type response to me is an easier business to run than like a Google business to where people are like, I need help now. You didn't pick up the phone. I'm going to the next one. I need help now. Oh, you didn't pick up the phone. I'm going to the next one. And we try to pick up our phone. But the infrastructure that you have to have built out for Google ads to work really well, oftentimes has to be a little bit more robust. You have to have more phone coverage. You have to have more weekend coverage and stuff like that because these are people that like need help now. And they're not necessarily willing to wait around for somebody to call back. Whereas that person on Facebook, yeah, they're interested. They get on my, they get in my automation. My automation starts telling them who we are, starts helping them understand how we're different. And they're like, okay, yeah, I think I might. And the most interested, that's where they end up, you know, on phone calls with us or in, inside of our evaluations. So, so like I say, some people have a better like back office setup. And for them, doing Google and YouTube is, uh, is, is much more doable. Me, I like our system to where we've got people who they self-select, they raise their hand and they say, hey, I'm interested. And they put themselves down on our calendar and then we call them at the time that they selected. And it's not somebody that's like rushing, like I need help this immediately. But I mean, for people who do need that, we still get that. And you know, they'll call us or they'll email us and, and we'll help them out as quick as we can. But I personally prefer the nurture process of bringing people in and nurturing them along. And like I say, TikTok is very similar. You know, we're only a few months in, but it's been profitable for us. It's been good for us. And it acts very similar to Facebook as far as like how the leads are, the quantity of leads that come out, the plentifulness of leads and things like that. So hopefully as I'm saying all this, you're really seeing two things. Number one, the stuff I need to get in place before I even bother to advertise. And number two, I hope I'm giving you enough distinctions and differences on how people behave through the different ad platforms and why you might prefer one over the other, why you might want to try one and then move into another. These days, we typically advertise on multiple platforms at once. The bulk of our spend goes towards Facebook. And then from there, we're spending on TikTok, YouTube, and a little bit of Google um, ads. And so we try to go for omnipresence ourselves, you know, where we're really putting, a, you know, a lot of money into advertising and people are finding us all over the place. But like I say, the average, you know, one person dog training company or groom shop or something, you know, that has three groomers can probably just pick one. And if you do it right, whether it's Google or Facebook or, or TikTok, if you do it right, you can probably do fine on just one of them. But like I say, you've got to have your ducks in a row. You've got to have an offer, a call to action, a funnel, and a follow-up process. And then you've got to pick the platform that most aligns with how you're able to sell and where your customers are more likely to hang out. So hopefully that was helpful for you to understand a little bit more about advertising. Like I say, these are a lot of the things that we've learned over the past several years and hundreds of thousands of dollars that we've spent. And so I appreciate you listening today. I would encourage you to head over to PetLifeRadio.com, hit Six Figure Dog Business, and listen to all of our other episodes because we've got a bunch on there. And check out my website. You can go to TieTheDogGuy.com and check out what we are doing in the world of dogs and helping dog business owners to grow their business. Thanks for coming. We'll talk to you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.